Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Drag racing? Really? Uh, We see it in movies like Fast and Furious and uh, on other big screen productions. Maybe on TV we hear about it. But a high-profile plastic surgeon's wife a socialite drag racing with her alleged lover and mowing down two little boys in the process. That's what we're talking about. Two little boys dead, ages 8 and 11, while this plastic surgeon's socialite wife is drag racing on the open road after a boozy lunch with her lover. Uh Uh-uh. No. What's the maximum in this jurisdiction? I need to find that out. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thanks for being with us here at Crime Stories and on Sirius XM 111. Let me just take these words in, fitted together in one sentence. A plastic surgeon's socialite wife mows down two little boys. Wait a minute. Has she been on bond this whole time? So many questions. Let's start it off. Listen. Just after 7 p.m. on a September evening, Jacob and Mark Iskander, their siblings and parents, go for an evening stroll to a nearby lake. The boys enjoy rollerblading and skateboarding. The six-member family is heading home, crossing in a crosswalk at a three-way intersection when Mother Nancy heard a speeding car barreling their way. 
The mom says her husband and daughter were further away from the street. She tries to signal to the two SUVs heading their way to slow down. She tried to pull the children back, only managing to grab one of them, a five-year-old, and dive out of the way. Jacob and Mark, who were farther out in the crosswalk, are hit. Mark Iskander dies at the scene. Jacob dies later at the hospital. According to police, Mark was thrown 254 feet. 200 and 54 feet. I've got an all-star panel joining me, but first I want to go to private investigator, former federal task force officer for the U.S. DOJ Department of Justice with the DEA in the Miami Field Division. No lack of business in Miami-Dade. Former homicide investigator. You can find him at crispininvestigations.com. Robert Crispin, have you ever, first of all, 254 feet, a child is thrown through the air, 254 feet. Wait, okay. Now, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a sports broadcaster, but I was a cheerleader. Only because I didn't make the basketball team. One girl got cut, me, so I became a cheerleader. Isn't a football field... A hundred yards. Okay, that's 300 feet. Okay, as you can tell by my stilted questions, they did not teach me that in law school. So this child is thrown nearly the length of a football field? Yeah, not, not you know, not uncommon for the pedestrian to be thrown a quite of a distance. This particular case, if you look at the crash impact on the Mercedes, it's pretty much a dead center hit. Robert Crispin, I appreciate all of your knowledge, but that was a yes, no. This little child was thrown nearly the length of a football field? He was. And that's a long way. Okay. Another quick question. This is a yes, no to Robert Crispin before you, you know, lay all your knowledge on me. Robert Crispin, have you ever been out for a walk or a jog, maybe with your family, and somebody speaks by and you try to, you say, slow down, or you gesticulate toward them? Has that ever happened to you? Of course. I think it's happened to everybody. Okay. Did they stop? Did they slow down? Not at all. They're oblivious. Not at all. In fact, they speed off. I tried to take the picture of a speeding car the other day that sped by Lucy and me as we were walking. As soon as I held my phone up, it scratched off, Crispin. So the mom, can you imagine, there's all the children, uh, let's see, there's Mark, 11, Jacob, 8, the parents are there, uh, Kareem and Nancy, the brother, Zachary, who's just five, the husband, they're all out for an evening stroll at a lake, I don't think too far from their home. And this socialite, married to a plastic surgeon, just stinking of money comes flying by and you can hear the car first speeding because I can hear it when I'm with the twins. I'm like, oh, get off the road, get over. I hear a car coming. And sure enough, here it comes barreling down. The mom heard it first and immediately starts trying to get everybody. And she couldn't get the two little boys fast enough. You think I've got those facts right, Robert Crispin? Listen, your facts are right. And I've, you know, with my own son, when I'm out walking with him, he gets so far away and someone comes speeding by. I cannot imagine of how close she was to just potentially grabbing them and pulling them back and not 
being there and watching that impact had to be horrific. Horrific. And, you know, the other little brother, Zachary's five, he remembers this crystal clear. Okay, let, let me get back to the facts. Listen. Nancy Iskander tells police that two SUVs were speeding toward her family and were, quote, zigzagging with each other as if they were playing or racing. She says the drivers didn't stop at the intersection, not even when the 11-year-old was on the hood of the car. She describes how 8-year-old Jacob was lying near the curb. Mark was in the road with a visibly broken arm and, quote, blood coming out of his mouth. She says her 5-year-old watched paramedics perform CPR on his brother. When asked if she could see which driver or SUV struck her son, Iskander said no. She was diving out of the way, pulling her five-year-old along. As I mentioned, with me an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. But now I want to go to Eamon Murphy joining us, uh, investigative reporter, writer for the Acorn Newspapers. Eamon, thank you for being with us. Explain to me what facts I've left out so far, up to the point where CP, uh, CPR is being given by the EMTs. Well, Nancy, you, you basically you got it right. Um, it was evening of September 29th, 2020. The family, the Iskander family, were out for a walk. You know, this is during COVID, so they're, they're getting out, getting some air. Um, Nancy Iskander is crossing the road. It's called Tranfo Canyon Road in Westlake Village. It runs right along the lake. She's crossing towards the lake with her three boys. She's got the youngest boy right at her hip, and they're in front. The two older boys are behind her. That's Mark and Jacob. Her husband and their baby daughter are continue walking up the road. They don't cross, so they're some distance away. Nancy Iskander hears the roars of two engines, she says, and she turns and she sees these SUVs coming. Um, she's able to jump out of the way of the first one. That's a black SUV with her youngest son. But then behind her, the second car, which is a white Mercedes SUV, uh, hits the other two boys. Um, and... Uh, that's the one driven by Rebecca, Rebecca Grossman, uh, authorities say. Okay, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. Eamon Murphy. Let's see, you know all the facts are at the tip of your fingers. You're telling a lot of people new information. First of all, Rebecca Grossman, okay? Well, she's beautiful, number one, but she is married to a plastic surgeon, so... I don't know how much of that is God-given, not judging, don't care. But, you know, you normally think of a lady of her standing, uh, her age, she's a grown woman. I don't really picture her zigzagging at, what, 80-plus miles an hour in a residential area. Zigzagging, like on Fast and Furious. You've seen that, right? I've seen all of them with my son. Okay, actually... I liked them, so I can't really blame him. Um, Eamon, have you ever seen that, the zigzagging? And I'm trying to imagine, I'm looking at her picture right now, this lady, well, she's no lady. She's killer, according to me. Zig, Actually zigzagging in a residential area at 80 plus miles an hour, right? I'll say it's, it's, a, it's a problem in, in the L.A. area. I mean, in, in this quiet, sleepy part of town. I mean, the first time I drove by this road, I saw numerous pedestrians, numerous cyclists. The thought of going 81 miles an hour, which is the figure we've been given, that is 
that's unthinkable on that road. I mean, completely um, unthinkable. But uh, the judge in the preliminary hearing said that Grossman was playing a high-speed game of chicken with the other driver in the incident, Scott Erickson. And police said that they were racing from a restaurant to a house. Um, The judge in the trial has taken a more skeptical stance towards that term, and street racing is not part of the charges in this case. But the prosecutor, uh, who has said it's not a grease-style dropping of the handkerchief scenario, he doesn't want to have to stop a witness from using that word in the colloquial sense to describe what they saw, as the mother in this case has done, the mother of the victims. But uh, there is a there is a history of speeding tickets in this driving record, at least one of which is going to come in because it was accompanied by a warning from the highway patrolman who said, you know, you could kill somebody driving like this on the freeway. How do we know he said that on one of her last speeding tickets? Is it on body cam? I'm not sure if it's on body cam or if it was a note was made of it some other way. 81 and a 45. And when you say this sleepy little area of L.A., for most people, we think of L.A., although I lived for, there for a while, I do know that there are sleepy little areas. Most people think of, you know, the Walk of Fame. Uh, they think of downtown L.A., what we see in movies and TV. What part of L.A. is a sleepy little borough? Well, this is not the city of Los Angeles. This is the, the absolute western edge of Los Angeles County. It's a city called Westlake Village, which is less than 8,000 people. And most of the city was annexed by Ventura County and became part of Thousand Oaks. So it's a tiny little affluent suburb just on the edge of the county. And, you know, really the point of it is it's not Los Angeles, the city. You know, it's it's a different kind of a place. You know, Eamon Murphy, um, I, I'm trying to parse everything you're saying because you're giving me so much correct information. You said that L.A. has a problem with drag racing or speed racing. I think that he said that. Yeah, by gang members. I don't think of some plastic surgeon, this old lady out there dragging with her lover after they booze it up at lunch. That must have been some long lunch because now it's the evening. And she's drag racing with her, excuse me, alleged lover. Alleged. I haven't seen them in bed together. I don't know for sure that they're lovers. But that said, uh, this grown lady, drunk as a skunk, drag racing, and mows all that, you know what, money cannot buy class. That is for sure. What do you buy an AMG car for? I mean, one thing the prosecution wanted to bring in is the fact that she took a one-day you know, performance driving course on a closed track in 2018. Um, and the judge said, no. You- wait, 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 you're, you're, you're awesome, number one. AMG. Yeah, AMG, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a high performance kind of a Mercedes, you know, these cars with the really loud engines. Um, and so that, uh, if you buy one of these cars, you can participate in a course on a closed racetrack where they kind of give you the you have an instructor and you have a chance to you know drive fast and of course you're not on the street so it's not dangerous in that way and you're told at the course you know this is you know very controlled conditions you can't drive like this in the real world so she attended one of these in in 2018 and the prosecution had wanted to introduce this and bring this warning in to show because street racing in the legal sense is not part of the charges but the prosecution means it in the more colloquial sense of two cars driving very quickly 
uh, mirroring each other, something we see a lot on the freeway, um, and something that a witness in the case might say about this incident, as the mother of the, of, of the victims has done. To get a murder conviction, because she's charged with second-degree murder for killing these kids, as well as vehicular manslaughter and hit-and-run driving. As so she should be. Yeah, but that's to get to that uh, murder conviction, they need to establish implied malice because, you know, it wasn't exactly intentional. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Matthew Mangino, high-profile lawyer, joining us, former prosecutor in Lawrence County, PA, author of The Executioner's Toll. Wait for it. The executioner's told the crimes, arrests, trials, appeals, last meals, and final words of executed persons, 46 people across the U.S. I love that title. You can find him at mattmangino.com. Matthew Mangino, uh, we both tried a lot of homicide cases. To show intent to a jury, you can show them intent either implied or express. Express means I say, Jackie, I'm going to shoot you dead right now. And I shoot her dead. That's not going to happen because I need you desperately. And there is implied 
intent, um, such as you choose to get stinking drunk, walk to your car, insert the key, start the ignition, put it in reverse, put it in drive, hit the gas. Or let me give an easier one with implied intent. I go and I practice shoot at a range for 20 hours. Then I go by, mm, let's just go with a Glock. Then I stalk my husband, who I find out has been cheating. Not true. And then I get him in the crosshairs and I, I spy on him until he comes out of the office. And I train across the parking lot. And boom. He gone. All right. So that is implied intent. It was a very long, drawn out plan, even though I didn't expressly say it. I think here, I would argue to the jury, I'd show them this picture of her car totally bashed in in the front and go through what all she did before she landed right here, all the warnings, all the speeding tickets, all the booze that afternoon, and say that's implied intent. Right. I mean, you know, second degree murder in California is you, you have to show malice of forethought. You, you don't have you don't show deliberation or premeditation, just that that malice in in drinking uh, where you have a blood alcohol content three hours later that point zero eight, which is clearly indicative that it would have been higher at the time you were driving and that you're driving. 80 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone where there are pedestrians frequently in that area is enough to show malice. I mean, plus her history uh, of driving at an excess of speed at times all amounts to her, her malice. She's grossly negligent. She's reckless in getting behind the wheel and driving at that speed in an area in which there frequently are uh, people and young people exercising involved in recreation. And, and because of that, uh, there's ample evidence to convict her of second degree murder. Well, now we're getting a whole spin on it. And uh, luckily, fortuitously today, we have with us a premier accident reconstructionist, senior engineer, co-owner of Veritech Consulting Engineering at Veritech ENG for engineering.com, Joseph Tremblay. Um, Joseph, I've got a few things to run by you, but first, Stacey Stewart, the CEO of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD, which has now taken off across this country and is a veritable force against drunk driving. Stacey Stewart, um, Amy Murphy, isn't it true that she would not willingly give a blood draw and that she wouldn't, quote, really blow into the breathalyzer? I've heard that about them, that she wasn't really blowing, um, and that's why they wanted to get the blood um, and why you had those readings that were 0.076, and then later on the blood draw reading is higher. She did not give consent to have the blood drawn. She said she wanted to ask her, her husband when they said, will you consent to this? So instead there was a forced blood draw. She was taken to the hospital by the police, um, and there her blood was taken, and that's where they got the .08 result. Okay. Stacey Stewart joining us, CEO of Mothers Against Drunk Driving Mad. Stacey, if she's .08 hours later, once she gets to the hospital and they perform the blood draw, there's no telling what she was 
because alcohol dissipates in the body. That's exactly right. And it, if she was at 0.08 three hours after the crash occurred, then she was significantly higher than that, presumably, at the time of the crash. And I'm sure, I know that that's what the prosecutors will will argue. And one of the things I think one of the things that I think a lot of people, Nancy, uh, don't understand is that uh, even at lo- levels less than 0.08, drivers are impaired. You know, there's a there was a bill introduced in California, and there's one that's been introduced in other states trying to move the legal limit uh, to 0.05 blood alcohol concentration level because all the studies that we have seen have shown that the risk of crash is significantly higher at 0.05, seven times higher uh, as compared to uh, for drivers that are at anywhere from 0.05 to 0.08 as compared to drivers with no alcohol in their system. So we know that at any level of drinking and and driving, um, a driver can be impaired and can dangerously put themselves at risk or others, as is the case here, uh, obviously, from the facts that we know. There's one other thing to say here, Nancy, which is that the toxicology report also showed a small amount of Valium. So the prosecution is going to say that there's an interaction between the Valium and the alcohol, which increases the impairment effect, even if you have uh, a level, a reading that is not all that high in terms of the legal limit. Nancy, one thing I would just say about that is... Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Stacey. One of the things I would just say about that point is that we are seeing a, a concerning trend of what we call polyuse. So the use of alcohol and other substances like prescription drugs, Valium, like cannabis. So in states that has also legalized marijuana, where it's more widely available, moving the blood alcohol concentration level to 0.05 is even more critical because multiple substances can lead to even more impairment by drivers. And we're seeing a disturbing trend about that, where we've seen an increase in impaired driving fatalities of 35%, even over the past five uh, few years. So we're seeing an increasing trend. And of course, this multiple use of substances is obviously an issue that we have to address. Joseph Scott Morgan joining us, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, and star of a hit series, Body Bags, with Joe Scott Morgan. Joe Scott, why and how does all that alcohol dissipate in just three hours? Well, it's it's metabolic change, uh, or or processing, rather. So your body is actually metabolizing. Uh, this alcohol that has been ingested previously. And that's why, you know, one, once someone has become inebriated um, over a period of time, once they stop drinking, it stands to reason that the body is still processing all of this alcohol that's contained in the body, the ethanol. And as it's being burned off in the body, um, you begin to kind of return back to a level of normalcy but it takes a while for it to all get out of your body. And so it, it, what's key here is when you are in law enforcement and you're attempting to conduct a test on an individual to measure it, you're fighting, you're fighting against time here because you can't fight metabolism in the body. So it's a race. So the longer you wait, the less the level will be. But, you know, you kind of project this back. If you're talking about a three-hour delay – you can kind of hypothesize uh, that the the level would have been much higher and with a much greater level of impairment as well. And you couple that with Valium and it's a deadly mix. They are throwing out 
everything they can to beat this charge. Rebecca Grossman is um, estimated to be worth $100 million. $100 million is her estimated net worth. The latest uh, that has been pulled out of the defense bag of tricks is to blame the lover. Although witnesses say it was Grossman's white Mercedes that hit the child, not her lover's black vehicle. We'll see where that goes, but let's get back to the facts as we know them. Take a listen to Captain Salvador Bachera. Two cars were racing. Um, we believe speed is a factor, alcohol is a factor. The family were in a marked cross, a crosswalk, clearly marked. Um, as she realized there were two cars speeding her way, she was able to reach out and grab one of her children off of a Razor scooter, pull, her, pull the child back with the stroller, with another child in a stroller, um, as the car entered the intersection and hit the other two boys. What more do we know? about what happened when these two little boys were mowed down dead. Listen to our friends at Crime Online. Deputies reportedly catch up with the white Mercedes with significant front-end damage a third of a mile from the scene. Behind the wheel is Rebecca Grossman. A deputy describes finding the vehicle stopped at the curb and Grossman saying she didn't know why her airbag had been triggered. As Grossman speaks to a 911 operator, she's asked if she hit someone. Grossman can be heard saying, I don't know what I hit. One of the boys struck in the crosswalk is pronounced dead on the scene, according to KCAL, and another boy dies in the hospital. Police were able to arrest 57-year-old Rebecca Grossman, a well-known figure in the community who appeared on KCAL in the past. As the founder and chair of the Grossman Byrne Foundation, she's also been recognized for her humanitarian work around the world. Captain Salvador Becerra says it is senseless and could have been avoided by ordering an Uber or calling a friend. Rebecca Grossman did not stay on the scene. She was arrested a quarter of a mile away. So Eamon Murphy from the Acorn newspapers, she flees the scene and asserts saying, I don't know what I hit. She's in the white high-powered Mercedes with all of the damage to the front right in the middle of the grill. That's right. She kept driving. Um, the engine was cut off remotely because the airbag had deployed. So the car eventually stopped. And she was found by deputies. That's probably the only reason she stopped. It's because the car forced her to stop when the airbag deployed. With me is Joseph Tremblay, a premier accident reconstructionist, senior engineer, co-owner, Veritech Consulting Engineering. Joseph, I wanted you to hear these facts so you could give me your analysis. What do you think? Well, let's, uh, let's talk about that car a little bit more and the damage to the front end. Um, it, it's pretty obvious that there's significant damage to both the front clip and the hood, uh, which is very consistent with contact, uh, made between the car and a pedestrian in this case. Oh, uh, wait, I see what you're talking about. When you say the front grill or I say grill and you say hood, you know, if you look at that picture, Joseph Tremblay, and of course I'm a civilian in this matter, it looks like. There is a spot where a, a boy's body could lay, almost like a hammock has been formed in her hood. Yeah, that's correct. And, and I think that's probably what happened in this case is that uh, one of the little boys 
actually ended up on the hood, as tragic as that sounds, and, and was carried by the car uh, for a, a significant distance after impact. And another thing that's, uh, that's interesting to note on that picture that you're referring to, where you see the front end damage, you also see underneath the car, there's a puddle of fluid, almost as if perhaps the car sustained some sort of mechanical damage from this contact. And not only was the, the car disabled because of the airbag deployment, it may not have been drivable at all because of the coolant leak. That, that's probably what happened here. Hold on, I'm, try, I'm trying to furiously take notes as you write. Um, it's amazing to me that she, her new defense is that it was her boyfriend that did it, the one driving the other car. When they pull this vehicle over, she had been forced to stop either from the fluid leakage or because the airbag deployed. She... Did you hear this part uh, to you, Robert Crispin? She wouldn't, quote, really blow into the breathalyzer. Don't you know it's because she knew she was drunk and she thought by just going and not really blowing into it fully, she might beat the breathalyzer? So listen, the breathalyzer machines are, are very accurate and they're very sensitive and they're built for people that are going to do that. So clearly it obtained a reasonable sample to come up with an indication and a reading being the point zero seven six. So yes, I've had a bunch of people and I've arrested over a hundred people for DUI in my career. Yes. People always try to do that. They always try to very lightly blow, but these machines are <laughs> built for that. They sense that the machines aren't stupid. So if I could just add one thing about the, the, uh, the point, uh, when she went up to the 0.08, and I think your doctor will also be able to confirm with this, you know, you can drink alcohol and have three drinks right now and get in your car in two seconds, which is a very stupid thing to do, but you can drive a half a block away and get home. And you're probably still under the legal limit because as the doctor says, the alcohol hasn't processed your body. Clearly she was going up in her BAC level or her blood alcohol level which I surmise is why the prosecution did not charge her with DUI because at the time she took that first test. Now, maybe it was a PBT test. Maybe it was a roadside mm -hmm. test. I don't know, but whatever machine she blew into and then they took the other blood test at the hospital, I believe in the three hours and the doctor can confirm this, her blood alcohol level was going up. And I have a feeling that the prosecution said err on the side of caution because they're going to say she wasn't DUI at the time of the crash. At the time of the crash. That's a big deal. At the time of the crash. Yeah, now, that explains why they didn't charge her driving under the influence. Because if I they lost they that count, it could taint or poison the rest of the counts they absolutely know they can prove. To 100%. be DUI... Yeah, to be DUI across the country, you got to be, in most jurisdictions, 0 .08. And at first she blew 0 .076, which rounds up to 0 .8, but that's not good enough. When she gets to the hospital, she does, uh, the blood test shows 0 .08. I personally trust a blood test more than the breathalyzer, and the breathalyzer may have hit low because she was going, and <sighs> not really blowing into it. Uh, but we're going to hear more about that during the trial. You know, another thing, and I'm very curious about this. 
I'll throw this to Joseph Tremblay, our accident reconstructionist, joining us. A former L.A. County Sheriff's deputy who specializes in traffic crashes testified at a preliminary hearing, his name Robert Apodaca, that he had never seen a person thrown 254 feet by impact. It's the farthest he has ever known a human to be thrown in a crash. What about it, Tremblay? I think uh, that is a significant distance, and I am also very surprised at that distance. That's that's incredible. And I think there's probably two factors that really contributed to that number. And the first was that, as we touched on earlier, I think one of these pedestrians, one of these little boys, uh, was actually up on the hood for a distance while the car was driving. And, you know, this car is going pretty fast, 70, 80 miles per hour, according to evidence. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time to cover that kind of distance. So there was probably a portion of that 254 feet in which the little boy was on the hood and then was vaulted off of the hood at some point uh, and then, you know, um, unfortunately came to rest where where he did. Uh, but both of those uh, factors kind of contribute to that distance. And I want to I swing back and talk about this car a little bit more. Uh, one thing that's kind of unique to Mercedes is uh, Mercedes has done a lot of uh, safety improvements to their vehicles because they know that pedestrian accidents are very, very dangerous and they're, they're usually fatal and it's, it's very serious when these occur. Um, so one of the, one of the safety features on all Mercedes cars ever since 2019 is called pre-safe. And that's a, that's a, a system that's designed to detect pedestrians. Now, the only way that that system will work is if the car is traveling 45 miles per hour or less. So it goes to stay that we could consider if this driver, Grossman, if she was traveling the speed limit, this accident may have never happened. Wow. I didn't know about pre-safe on Mercedes. But, you know, I just got a big question. What is a grown woman doing drag racing, drunk as a skunk and high as a kite off of Valium and booze? Karen Stark joining me uh, renowned psychologist joining us out of the Manhattan jurisdiction at KarenStark.com, Karen with a C. Karen, what's a grown woman doing drag racing with her alleged lover? And this guy is no schlump. Uh, L.A. Dodgers, play with the L.A. Dodgers and with the New York Yankees. And he's having this uh, alcohol-soaked lunch with this married multimillionaire. And then they decide to go drag racing? Really? Well, you're not talking about the kind of grown woman that we would imagine, Nancy. They've been spending the whole afternoon having a great time drinking. Allegedly, he's an ex-lover. And I don't know, supposedly for a trip, I don't know what they were doing. But she's not a sedate, controlled person. She's now has Valium in her system. She's drinking. She's having this great time with an ex-lover, and she's just letting loose. What's really telling to me, I don't know about, um, this isn't my expertise, but the fact that she said, I don't know what I hit, to me is saying 
that she knows she hit something. She just doesn't know what it is that she hit. But I mean, get real, Karen Stark. Come on, please, get out of that ivory tower. She drives, what was it, a quarter of a mile, a half a mile, Eamon Murphy? Right. With the little boy on her hood. Exactly. How far did she drive, Eamon, with the boy on the hood? Well, I'm not, the, 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 the detail about the boy on the hood has, has been contested um, a bit, so we'll have to see what they say at trial. Just, what does the state say? I mean, initially, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to say the say the, the figures in the past because they've been they've been challenged. I mean, the car the car continued driving before she stopped, either a quarter mile or a half mile. So she was, you know, she was continuing. Well, where was the little boy's body found? There was one of them was found in the crosswalk, basically, and another was found um, around you know, 200, 200 some feet away. Okay, Tremblay, that's to you. The little boy was found 200 feet away, at least 200 feet away. So she drove two-thirds of a football field with the boy on her hood. What, she couldn't see that? Oh, I think she's oblivious, and it really surprises me that not only did she not see these two little boys before impact, I mean, this is a wide-open intersection, and it's a very well lit, well marked crosswalk. It's got there's flashing lights overhead. You can see it for about a thousand feet before you get to it. So it's let's let's make sure that that's a, a point that, that we talk about here is that there's no visu- visual obstructions to what you know she can see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but not only that, after impact, she's completely oblivious. There's there's a little boy on her hood, and she continues to drive. That's uh, that's how serious this is. That's that's just plain egregious. You know, Matthew Mangino, uh, sometimes the defense shoots themselves in the foot. And I think that happened here because the defense came up with a new theory as defense claiming the alleged lover. He's the one that was driving her Mercedes as they were drag racing and chasing each other through this residential neighborhood. And now the prosecutor, Jamie Castro, will argue that she, Rebecca Grossman, and the professional athlete, um, Scott Erickson, had been in a sex affair. They said they were not going to bring it up until she's now blaming him, claiming it has now become relevant because the defense intends to argue that the black car is at issue in this particular scenario and that they had swapped. So by coming out with this defense, now their sex affair is going to come into evidence. Yeah, it, it will. And uh, as you said, it wasn't the uh, state's intention to bring up the affair until they uh, tried to um, put forward this this defense that, that he was driving uh, her vehicle. So that whole issue with regard to their relationship uh, is now uh, something that uh, can be brought before the jury. And, and, and obviously, you know, a jury is going to make a decision here and they're going to consider the facts, but they also are going to consider the credibility, the believability of, of witnesses, uh, you know, if she should take the stand, um, you know, so, so there are, you know, there, there are issues here that are. Oh, I guarantee you she's not going to take the stand because she'll have to be subjected to cross-exam especially on uh, comments she made like she did not know why her airbag deployed. 
uh, hello because you just hit two children and one you drove along with on your hood. And she, she acknowledges um, all the things that she said. That, that she hit something. Um, you know, she doesn't know what it is, but she hit something. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional. You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. In the last hours in a court of law where Rebecca Grossman is being tried for murder, the mother of the two little boys who were mowed down dead actually runs out of the courtroom sobbing. Eamon Murphy joining us, uh, investigative reporter, writer for the Acorn Newspapers. Go ahead. Well, Nancy, we heard from the mother of the victims, Nancy Iskander, who described having to jump out of the way of an oncoming black SUV with her youngest son, and then a white SUV coming just up behind it, ran through the intersection where her other two boys were. She didn't see it hit them but she heard a crash as it went by, and then uh, they'd been struck. Um, At one point after she had testified, there were photographs shown that another witness had taken of the aftermath of the scene, including of a broken skateboard. Um, Her oldest son, Mark, had been on a skateboard 
and also of Mark's body. And Nancy Iskander at that point cried out her son's name, Mark's name, and, and had to leave the courtroom in, uh, in distress. We also heard from some other uh, um, witnesses of the collisions. None of, none of them saw the white car hit both of the boys, but two of them saw the white car hit one of the boys. Um, and none of them attributed any impact to a black vehicle, which has been the defense's claim that the black car driven by Grossman's then boyfriend, Scott Erickson, was responsible for hitting the boys. We also saw the defense um, very aggressively cross-examine two investigators, one of whom did the initial crash report. They were going after his measurements of the debris, which led to his conclusion that speed was the cause of the accident, um, as well as his conclusion that all the debris was consistent with uh, the white Mercedes. He was also the same officer to initially come into contact with Rebecca Grossman and her disabled white Mercedes after the accident. And then the officer who conducted the field sobriety test under cross-examination acknowledged that not all of the tests were conducted according to the book, um, which uh, cast some doubt onto his uh, conclusions um, that she was impaired when he when he arrested her. Um, testimony has gotten up to the point where Rebecca Grossman's blood was drawn at the hospital after a warrant was obtained uh, to do a blood draw. So next, they're going to get into the chemist's account of the test results, which is important because that result is what was at the 0.08 level uh, three hours after the incident. The breathalyzer results were 0.076 and 0.075, which are just below um, that threshold for impairment. Um, you can still be impaired technically below that limit. Um, but it's going to be important for the prosecution to get that test established at that 0.08 level. And the defense is going to go after the blood draw and the testing method. You know, Stacey Stewart, CEO of, of Mothers Against Drunk Driving Mad. I don't get why after all the publicity that Mad has generated, people still drive drunk. You know, it's, it's, it's a problem. And as I mentioned earlier, Nancy, we're seeing the numbers going in the wrong direction. A 35% increase in the, in, in the past several years. Is, is astounding. And I think one of the things that's really important is it's really time for us to revisit the laws and the technology that we have in place. I just was just listening to the technology of Mercedes. You know, even that technology is not sufficient to stop something like this. But I do want you to know and others to know that in 2021, November 2021, the HALT Act was passed. It is new legislation that now requires passive advanced impaired driving prevention systems to be uh, integrated into all new cars starting in 2026. This is passive technology that would detect uh, impaired driving. And it's these kinds of cases that this technology, if it were in place, would have prevented. Anyone getting behind the wheel at the level of illegal impairment would not be allowed to operate their car. And right now, MAD's biggest priority is getting this technology implemented, getting the, wow. getting the legislation implemented. We're in the process of public commentary right now. This is a huge win, but it's not a win for for drivers and for public safety if we, every day that we don't have this technology included in cars, but we are close to it. And frankly, this kind of prevention system would have been enormously helpful to have saved the lives of these two precious little boys. Well, you're right. You're right, Stacey Stewart. And you know what else would have been helpful? If Rebecca Grossman hadn't gotten drunk as a skunk at lunch 
and hot behind the wheel of her high-powered Mercedes. That would have helped. Listen to Captain Salvador Bachera. We've arrested Rebecca Grossman, female white, 57, um, for two counts of vehicular manslaughter. She's being held $2 million bail. Wow, $2 million bail? That means at the worst for her, she had to put up $200,000, and she did that and did not blink an eye. Eamon Murphy with us with the Acorn Newspapers. How much money do they have, and where did they get it? Well, I'm not sure what the total net worth is. Um, the, her husband, uh, Peter Grossman, is a prominent plastic surgeon in Los Angeles. His father uh, was a very eminent doctor, very innovative in the treatment of burns. Um, and so his, his son sort of followed in his footsteps, and, um, and there's, uh, that's obviously a very lucrative practice. Uh, they live in Hidden Hills, which is um, a particularly wealthy enclave in that area of Los Angeles County. Um, and uh, Rebecca Grossman participated in these um, you know, philanthropic efforts associated with the Burn Center um, when she and her husband started this uh, foundation. To Joe Scott Morgan joining us, death investigator. Joe Scott, let's think just one moment what this case is really about. I want everyone, as much as it pains you, to think about your child or your children. Mine have just turned 16. But it seems like I blinked my eye because it feels like they're about seven or eight years old. That's the age of one of these victims, eight years old and 11. Joe Scott, what did these boys endure before they were pronounced dead? I think that in, in, in my estimation, they would have suffered massive blunt force trauma. Now, you know, as far as the level of surf, uh, suffering, I can only hope uh, that it was minimal. But it would have been something uh, that if they had uh, survived, one obviously did for a time. It would, unless they're, you know, and this is the hope that I have, as horrible as it sounds, I hope that they were unaware um, that that their life was slipping away because they were in an unconscious state. But, you know, every, they say that every cloud has a silver lining, Nancy, and this case is about not this woman and not her wealthy surgeon husband and not the baseball players about these babies. And the key here, and I I'm think, still waiting to hear the silver lining uh, in this well, case. Well, I'm, I'm getting there, and the the justice is going to come in that in their absence, these kids are going to bear witness in that courtroom because I think that a lot of the forensic evidence that's going to be tied up in here, remember all the sleight of hand that's going on with saying it was another vehicle and all this nonsense, the trace evidence perhaps that is left behind on their little fractured, broken bodies is going to tell the tale and also the, the degree to which they were harmed. When you start talking about blunt force trauma that is meted out by a motor vehicle being driven by someone that is out of their mind under alcohol, uh, at, at this level of force, you're going to hear about the extent of these injuries. You're also going to hear about trace evidence that may have come from that car and wound up on their little bodies like chipped paint. And maybe some of their biological uh, samples will be left in the grill of that car, things like hair, blood, skin, and we recover all this stuff all the time. 
at car accidents. That's that is as best a silver lining I can get you. I, I'm sorry if that disappoints you, but that's the reality of what we're dealing with. We've got these two little lost children in this broken family. I don't think I could be any more disappointed than I already am because, you know, a lot of times, and everybody on this panel has, has seen what goes on in our courtrooms, you see defendants that have committed a heinous crime and you will hear the apologist state, well, you know, they never had a chance. They had no education, broken family, bad neighborhood, and now they commit a crime. That means nothing to me. But in this case, you've got a highly educated socialite worth a billion plus dollars with her husband, who, by the way, is standing by her, who mows down these two boys, then tries to pretend it wasn't her, trying to get out of it till the bitter end. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear what the boy's mom, Nancy Iskander, says. Listen to our Cut 19. She didn't care enough to come, all the order to come to court. Says it, right? Right. Above the law, I guess in her mind, Grossman doesn't show up to court on multiple occasions and more. At least I need to stop having to come to court, stop hearing updates, and be able to take care of myself and my surviving children, let alone my broken child who saw both his brothers die in front of his very eyes. She continues speaking to KTLA. It's been a trend, right, of the lack of responsibility and, and just the complete disregard of the two lives that were gone, that were just taken like that. She describes the little boy's futures. They had so much in front of them, so much in this life, all of my hopes, all my dreams, and they're just, they were just taken. And now I see lack of responsibility. Two little boys no one seems to ever write or talk about, but not so with the defendant, multimillionaire Rebecca Grossman. We've seen articles written in LA Magazine on her behalf. I've seen her actually pose to take a picture and say that her life is now a nightmare. Her life is a nightmare? Her life is a nightmare? Did she actually dare to say that? She did. She did. This isn't the first time. She had chances to turn her life around. Listen. It's not the first time, right? We've seen um, Mrs. Grossman, uh, you know, pretend nothing happened before. And to further the pain to the family, Rebecca Grossman has actually called news accounts of this fake news. I have actually seen her on LinkedIn call it fake news. Two boys are at the cemetery. Their picture is on a tombstone, and she's calling it fake news. What is she denying it even happened? The boys are six feet under. Their pictures are on their tombstone. It's not fake news. Listen. If I want to see them, I have to go to the cemetery. Or just look at their friends and try to imagine how they would look like. I just really, really thank you so, so much for all the support, all the love. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the hugs when you see me. Thank you for the tears. I miss them. I miss them so much. That is the mother breaking down in tears. She was at a walk to support justice for Jacob and Mark. That's what she has now. A picture on a tombstone. That's what she's got. We wait as justice unfolds. Goodbye, friend.
pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 